make it relate all right wait to the other okay person. before i know before you guys get too deep <laughs> okay it's time all right so welcome to cheesecake and coffee this is our first official episode what's the title gonna be Destiny. Oh, Destiny. I heard testing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That actually sounds a lot better. Destiny? Destiny. Yeah, it sounds better than testing. Okay, right? yeah, definitely Destiny, yeah. All right. We're going to title this Destiny. Okay. So, what brings us here today? Is it Destiny? Or is it Chance? Dun, dun, dun. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, what a question to begin with. <laughs> What are your thoughts on Destiny? Okay. Uh, well, I honestly think... See, I find the concept of Destiny to be interesting. Sir, my closer, please. Thank you. Uh, okay, yeah, of course, of course. See, I find the concept of Destiny itself to be interesting because... Well, correct me if I'm wrong, by the way. Destiny means like what is in your future and it will happen regardless of what you do to a certain extent. Exactly, right? exactly. So that is the concept of destiny. I find that to be interesting is it takes certain things out of the equation. It takes human will out of the equation. It takes growth out of the equation to a certain extent. Really? Do you think? Mm-hmm. I don't know. The, the idea that destiny takes growth out of the equation see what i mean is okay let me try to uh put what's in my head outside okay, and okay. In, in a better way okay when i say growth i don't mean natural growth i mean targeted growth mm. so targeted growth i would mean so argument's sake let's just take a small example from my past when i finished whatever i did back home my career whatever the thing was i could have chosen to just let things go is like okay i've done this i've done this i know that this things will happen okay but then again sometimes you have to make a conscious choice that tests the norm so me coming to us i when i went to cal state san marcos i remembered the deadline for uh, application were you for people that don't know where you're from Oh, yeah. I'm from the country of Bangladesh. Tiny place, guys. If you okay. do visit, hey, I, I tell you, very cheap. Dollar is very strong right now. Consider doing it. But, yeah, when I came to, going back to the main thing, when I came to Cal State, I remember the deadline for application it was done. So everyone told me that it's useless applying. You just came mm. out and all these things. Even I wasn't considering doing it. But the reason I did it is because... Okay, I can choose to accept the fact that this is done and I'm not going to get another chance till five, six months or whatever the case is. But then again, people would say that, you know, it's already set in stone. Right. I chose to do it is because, okay, what regardless of what luck has in store for me is uh, let me try. I mean, because I sincerely believe in the fact and I still do is you cannot someone who does not quit cannot lose because Someone, yes i i subscribe to that belief as well because if you're constantly trying you're still engaging in the process now you should not be trying the same thing again and again okay? right it's right unwise <laughs> that's what insanity <laughs> exactly insanity it is but then again if uh that for that reason i said okay people said that you know you're this you're this whatever the case was i was like okay whatever the thing is 
whatever people have said or whatever the thing is happening in my life at this point, it's done. Nothing I do, mm-hmm. if nothing I do doesn't change it, then I could just sit down, relax for the next five months, or I can actually try. I mean, right. yeah, the deadline is over. Great. That's fine. Let me try. If they accept it, great. If not, I know that they're not going right, to accept right. it. Now, I'm not saying that Cal State is an awesome, like in a really, really amazing Ivy League school by any means, but regardless, you know, you have laws and you have rules in place. Right. If you if the, your application does not get there in time, you're not supposed to be accepted, right? Then that's the general uh, standard. Now, I applied, I got in, and I came to the U.S. I remember I got the, um, uh, the invitation to come to the U.S. I think it was... 29th or 30th of December and right. I got on the plane around the 3rd or 4th of January so that was 4 to 5 days or something around that mark now people say that people can make the argument that you know that was destiny that that was supposed to happen right but then again I can make the argument that no that was not it happened because I chose to make a call that no sane person would to a certain extent right how can you prove that yeah. How can you prove that that wasn't destiny? See, that's the thing. You, you, cannot, can you cannot prove that. Right. It's the same way you cannot prove religion. The idea of destiny itself is theological to a certain extent, if okay. you think about it. That's interesting. That's yeah. why it's Th- one of the great conversations. Yeah. Well, that's, that's an interesting segue because you just said something. You cannot prove religion. Yeah. So there's no way I can just let you float over that statement. <laughs> okay. <yeah. This> <laughs> without defending it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's go. Okay. So what's your, what's your, what's your experience with religion, and um, how do you, how do you, how did you get to a point where you fe- you felt like you can't prove religion? Because obviously, um, religion is responsible for so many things that have happened in the past, and I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, is going to continue to be responsible for things that are going to be happening in the future. Of course. So, obviously, millions and well, billions of people believe believe in religion. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter if you're Jewish or you're Christian or, or Muslim, whatever beliefs you subscribe to, religion is a huge um, artifact in in human life. Of course. So, um, how did you get to the point where you felt like, well? You can't really prove religion. Either way, it doesn't matter what type of religion it is. Okay, so let's get to that. Uh, before I say, you know, I, I don't believe in religion or, or things like that. What is religion? A religion is a belief system, right? Okay. So if that is the case, of course, I have my own belief system. And <laughs> that is something. But when I say I do not believe in religion, I do not uh, subscribe completely to a conventional religion. Or the, the common, the most common ones. Be right. it Christianity, be it Islam, be it uh, Judaism. Or Hinduism. And the reason for me I choose not to do so is because when I look at the different religions, right, they all have amazing qualities. They teach amazing character. Okay. However, to a certain extent, what um, gets to me in almost in almost every religion, because I don't know how many religions exist in the world, is the idea of judgment upon other human beings i understand that one human being is not supposed to hurt someone else right and that's out of respect that's out of the fact that the other human being can think the other human being can feel you do not want something uh to be done to them that you don't want to be done done to to yourself what what is that the golden rule or something yeah i I don't remember what it was (laughs) 
regardless, these are the things I do understand. But then again, claiming that because someone does not share your beliefs about the life after death, what is life after death? We can't really prove it factually to a certain extent. I mean, yeah, beliefs are there. <laughs> but just because you do not believe that, you know, that this will happen before, uh, after you die or this has happened in a time like this mm, and you're going to hell or you're going this hell, the concept of hell, the concept of heaven itself. Right. It takes you away, I believe, to a certain extent from the world and what is here and what is now. You know, that heaven could be that, I don't know, getting getting a gift to your mom and seeing the smile on her face. Right. That could be the best feeling in the world. Hell could be trying so hard for a job and just getting rejected or trying hard to get into a school or getting rejected or just imagine, you know, the girl that you had a crush on and you just ask her out, she dumps you. Or not dumps you, I mean, she just right. doesn't accept <laughs> your proposal. Hey, that could be heartbreaking, right? That is a right. painful situation. So the concept of hell and hell heaven itself that something exists after death it i won't argue it but to a certain extent i think it draws people away from this life is because people are uh, many times they're doing the different kinds of prayers they're doing different kinds of things however they're neglecting other human beings around them right to you you're I've seen many people claiming that, you know, this is the right religion. This is this, this. And if you're not this, then you're going to hell, really. There's 7 billion people in the world, buddy, really. Right, right. And I mean, which which religion you're from? So are you telling me that this is your belief system? And if I don't subscribe to it, which could be any number of people from 5 million to 3 million to 2 million, whatever the case is, you're in the privileged group that you're going to heaven or whatever the case is and the rest is just going to hell you know it's it's funny because i've thought about that in the past and i was raised in a christian family and i'm I'm christian and uh i remember when i was growing up my parents were super adamant uh christians Mm -hmm. and i still remember we'd go to night vigils so it's like you're going to church on a friday yeah and uh my parents would be in church overnight and we have to sleep in church. I remember sleeping in church, yeah. you know, as a kid. And this was just the norm. There was no other. Uh, there was no other option. Mm-hmm. And I remember. And as an adult, I believe in God and Jesus and the, in the Bible and all that good stuff. But it's funny because I've had these thoughts in the past, and I think to myself, well, if my parents were Muslim, and instead of See? us going to night vigils in a church and. Mm-hmm. And going to church every Sunday, we're going to the mosque instead. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure that there's a 99.9% chance that the strong beliefs I have now for Christianity would be mm-hmm. in Islam. See, that's, so that's yeah. another thing that I've thought about mm-hmm. is um, when people say, you know, the, the the Bible is the truth and, you know, the word of God is the truth. Obviously, as a Muslim, Muslims believe in God as well. But the idea that... Christianity, Christianity is the way, mm-hmm. and it's 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 something to think about because you know any of us that are Christians or Muslim, mm-hmm. if we just flip the script, that is true. Yeah. And your parents were mm-hmm. Christian instead of Muslim, or Muslim instead of Christian, you know your beliefs will be totally different. That is the thing. Is I think that's a very interesting topic you bring up. Is if you ask someone that whether they're Muslim or whether they're Christian or whatever religion they may subscribe right. to 
the question is would you still be the same person if you did not have the experiences that you have and right. you were born and raised in a different family right right and what many people do is no they they say that um um i would definitely be this i'm like they okay. say that and then they can claim that and i'm i'm not denying nor accepting i'm saying okay that's your opinion that's your belief um if you say you would be this then i'm sure you'd be this <laughs> but then again my question to that person would be is before you discredit any other religion that's out there have you studied it have you studied it to the point where you can literally put both religions on an even scale right and say that this is better than this if you have not studied all the religions that you are possibly interested in or not even that a, a religion that you're challenging and let's just say for argument's sake because i was born and raised in the muslim family and i've met plenty of people who believe they're religious if you're saying that let's just say for argument's sake hinduism is not good or you know if you're a hindu you're not something is happening to you have you studied hinduism if you have studied uh, islam for the last 20 years of your life have you studied hinduism to the same extent right that you're discrediting it completely because if you look at history hinduism is the oldest religion not islam not christianity not judaism hinduism has been around i could be wrong but i think around for 10,000 9,000 years right right i mean there's a reason that things survived this long right uh, if if it was all not good then why would people still subscribe to it if all the religions in the world other than this was not good then why would people subscribe to that right and of course you can consider that there are some people who convert to one religion or the other and uh, exactly and people will hurt uh, right. these types of stories but then i consider that in this day and age we must also think about how globalization has given us a different perspective on what it means to have appreciation for god uh, i think of one example of these tribes in the amazon rainforest cut off in contact from everyone and no missionaries went there and no one told them about their god and yet they're living their lives right are you going to tell me that they're all going to some place that's you know worse than everyone else because they never are exposed right exactly and and on that point you know regardless of any society we look at the sad part is and that you have I I do honestly respect people who are religious and when I say people who are religious I mean people who are educated and religious. Right, right. You <laughs> There's have, a difference. Exactly. You have studied <laughs> things for a while, you preach your knowledge with respect to other with respect to other people's knowledge and you know right. I, you can tell someone this is what I know and this is what I can tell you. And if you think that this is the right thing, please come to me I'll teach you more. but you cannot just approach someone and say that you know this is what i know this is the only way if you have not studied any other way how can you claim this is the only way my friend you're the only one who's blind here right, because you right, only right. see in one direction you right, do not right. know what's left to you do you do not know you do not know what's right to you i had this man once ask me and i remember engaging in a conversation with him he by, by all means was very respectful and i think even he was surprised He asked me once that you know uh, do you know about Jesus? I was like yes I do know about Jesus. He's like do you know about Moses? I was like yeah I do know about Moses. He's like but how do you know you're Muslim? I was like well how do you know that Muslims do not know about Jesus right. and Moses? And he was rather surprised. 
And I told them, well, these religions are called Abrahamic religions for a reason. They have some things in common, and of course there are differences. However, I honestly do believe that there are more similarities than there are differences. Right. The fundamental beliefs are different, of course. I mean, and, and can you, before you go any further, can you yeah. touch on why you believe that? Because I think you have a really interesting um, upbringing. You were telling me about, okay. um, you know, your what your mom told you yeah. when you were a kid. So can you touch on that a little bit? Oh, yeah, sure. And touch on how, you know, obviously she, your mom's a scholar um, in Islam. Just go ahead. I'll let you, I'll let you tell the story. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, so my mom's a professor of Islamic studies and history, so a very religious woman. She brought me up to the best of her knowledge. She tried to teach me whatever she can about religion. And when I was going into high school, she sent me to a Catholic high school. And I was rather surprised. I went to Catholic high school. I learned a few things. My dad, on the other hand, is not so religious at all. And he enjoyed celebrating every religion, so he would take me to Buddhist festivals, he would take me to nice, Hindu festivals. Nice. And I was lucky enough to see maybe, I don't know, I would not say equally, but to a great extent about uh, many different religions. Of course, I was born and raised in a Muslim family, however, I had the opportunity to see um, other religions anytime when I went to school or when people were around me. And from what I could see is that these religions, of course, fundamental differences are there. However, the differences are, at the end of the day, very small. I mean, regardless of which religion you look at, no one says you should harm others. No one says you should be a bad human being. No one says you should not disrespect. No one says you disrespect this person because he's from a different religion. Yet the sad thing is, you know, um, we do all of those, Right? is when we see the world today is, okay, this person, okay, when we're engaging is, um, and you're talking to someone, you, many people just discredit the other person just hearing the last name or hearing the first name. Right. And for me, I can say for myself, yeah, um, my name is Muhammad Sakiba Rahman. I go by Sakiba Rahman. And culture-wise, you know, Muhammad Rahman, those are my first name and my last name. They're not my name, but they're added on because of my family. Um, names and family history anytime I go out and you know even in class um, when someone says hey where's Muhammad I, I would get a lot of looks there's no looks for John there's no looks for Jack right, why, is, right. why is the look for Muhammad right. right so I'm not saying that's good I'm not saying that's bad but I'm saying there's judgment on some people some people may see it as out of the norm right some people may see it as a threat different people for different people it brings up different memories and you know and I will honestly never judge them. They have the reasons for uh, their beliefs, what they're thinking. But then again, that judgment, right? Someone judging you based on your name. Right. Someone judging you based on a label. Someone judging you based on your belief systems. However, the sad thing is none of those things truly define you as a good person or a good human right, being. Right, right. And what, in your opinion, uh, did you, have you had any... Um, uh, Based on the ju judgments that you just mentioned, mm -hmm. have you had any issues with um, being treated in a different way? Something that you noticed? Okay. Um, and if you have, can you share some of those experiences? Uh, sure. I mean, um, no. Uh, then again, I, I do not know what the person's reason was. Right. Um, so these are perceived 
yeah, discrimination they, you took. Exactly. And and the religion was uh, not the religion. Discrimination was made clearly based on my religion. And uh, I remember it has not going to name the person because I honestly do think uh, that was bias or something negative had happened to the person. I don't right, know what, right. I, what was that. But I remember a person and this was a... I just smiled and I just laughed. Apparently the person did not... Um, like me for for the fact that I was with my girlfriend at that time and my girlfriend is of course uh, she's of a different religion and um, I remember the person telling me and I, I was in good terms with this person and after they realized that uh, my girlfriend was uh, in, a, in a relationship with me and everything I remember the comment being made towards me that your kind is used to sleeping around wow and I just, I just looked. Your at kind life. is used your, to your sleeping kind around. Is used to sleeping around, and I was like, "Was this from a stranger?" No. Okay. No, this is a person I've known, and I will be honest. This is a person who I respect greatly. He's um, this person has helped me a lot, but then again, you know, if if they choose to judge me for something, I'm not going to judge them back. Right. And I, I honestly believe there's nothing to gain from that. It it'll just keep me with painful memories and nothing more. So this person said this, and I have no hard feelings towards the person, but I, it made me think that day, is you've known me for this period of time, and I think that was around roughly about a year. All the conversations we've had, all the talks we've had, and, and I've talked with this person for hours on end, and at the end of the day, you say this to me, just because I was born into a Muslim family, even though you know that I'm not religious. Right, right. I mean, it, it's, it's funny too. Because, sorry, I don't want yeah, to of cut course. you off, but um, yeah. I think the dichotomy between um, you being born into a Muslim family mm-hmm. and also, and, and I think you forgot to touch on this, your mom approached you yeah. and told you, what did she say? Okay, yeah. So um, this is, a, I'll try to translate it and as best I can okay. I mean it, it turns out different every time <laughs> but I think I'll get the message through because this was said to me in Bengali is uh, she said something uh, along the lines of um, I have studied for all my life Islam and this is what I have found to work for me and when I say work for me I believe in it wholeheartedly this is what is true to me and I genuinely believe this is what is true to me and to be clear this is what your mom was saying to you exactly okay. Then again, this is what she said to me, is that after this, that then again, you're a, you're a human being. You have your head, you have your knowledge. I have taught you the best way I can. And you're still young. You are, you are going to learn and you're going to choose. And if for some reason you do choose to go to a different religion, or if you choose not to follow a religion, will I be hurt? To a certain extent, of course, because I'm a professor of Islamic studies, but that does not make you love me love you less. That does not make me respect you any less. You, you are just another human being, and as long as you're a good human being, that's what matters. There is no judgment on my part, right. on your beliefs. Right, right. And then she proceeded to send you to... Uh, yeah. Oh, no, this is uh, after, after, actually, the high school. This is after, okay. This is the after, or somewhere during, like, before I was graduating. Okay. And she did. And even when I came to the U.S. She sent or, you to Catholic school? Yeah, right. Catholic school. And till this point, uh, she had no judgment. 
Right. I mean, I, I think honest, I think there's yeah. a there's a beauty in that because um, I've never heard of someone doing that as a mother mm-hmm. or as a parent in general. Yeah, and I think that that speaks to her level of maturity, understanding, um, awareness. Mm-hmm. You know, and her realizing something very important, which is which a lot of us don't do is even as a parent that she didn't own you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? She gave you your own wings to fly, and I think that, I think that uh, that moment in your life, whether you either realize it or not, had a huge impact on the person you are today. Exactly. You know? and I'm sure it taught you yeah. a lot about how you want to treat your kids when you do have kids. Of course. I mean, I personally may not be very uh, religious, as I've said this before, and I'm sure I'm quoting someone else. I don't know who it is, but uh, forgive the plagiarism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that. Uh, what was it? Um, love is my religion and the world is my church or nature is my church. Something along those lines. Um, and yeah, if, if I do have children someday and if they choose to follow a particular religion, it's their choice. I mean, I can teach them values. I can teach them to be good human beings. I can teach them to respect other people. Right. I can teach them not to judge other people based on skin color, based on socioeconomic status, based on religion but if they choose to be uh, followers of a particular religion that's okay right that's okay as long as they're at the end thing is as long as they're good human beings as long as they do not judge others i'm perfectly okay with right 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 because my question is at the end of the day what gives a person the right to judge i mean in in the grand (laughs) scheme of things none of us are going to be here for more than a hundred something years if we are lucky hey 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 (laughs) I'm going to live forever. Hey, I, I, I hope you do, man. I'm sure your legacy will live forever. Amen to, about... <laughs> amen to that. Speaking of religion, amen to that. <laughs> That's the thing. But, you know, our, our body fades. Right. Right? Our body fades. I mean, regardless of how great we are as human beings, I'm quite sure we will become, I don't know, insect f- food somewhere, yeah. somewhere along yeah. the line. It's... It's sad, but right, right. We, we're all going there, right? Speaking of uh, living forever, would you want to live forever? I want yeah, my legacy I caught you with one, forever. huh? I want my legacy to live forever. <laughs> yeah. That's true, but then again... Um, if Because, I mean, think about it. Yeah. We're, we're, what, 2019? Yeah. You know, 20 years from now, we're still going to be relatively young. Yeah. And technology is going to look a lot Different. different, yeah, super advanced mm-hmm. from it is right now, from things are from how it is right now. Mm-hmm. So, I can see a time in our lifetime, yeah, where people have the opportunity to live forever, or okay. it could be even if it's not forever, living for additional, you know, 50 years, live Maybe. to like 150. Yeah. Okay, you know, so if you had if you had that option, mm-hmm. um, how do you think you would uh, how okay. do you think you'd react? I'll, I'll let Gabriel. Yeah, let's let's hear. Gabe let's let's hear. Let's hear what time. you have yeah. to say about this, sir. He's, he's been sitting there very quietly and observing. Let's let's hear the man speak. I would let it happen. I wouldn't necessarily. You would let it happen. That's such a Gabriel answer. Make a decision <laughs> based on um, something that's in the future. At that moment in time, if I felt that uh, it was good for me, then I'd continue living. Okay. I've always been a type to, to eat healthy, to exercise, to make sure that I do live as long as possible. 
but to intervene in my life in a way that seems unhealthy, I wouldn't do. But if it is, at that point in time, something that does seem along the lines of uh, what is next in our evolution, then I would, of course, uh, okay. live wrong. So that's, I like your answer, but it's too open-ended. If you had to make a decision, die naturally or live longer? If not forever, live longer for another hundred years, for example. What does that mean? Do I have to drink blood in order to... <laughs> no, just through, I mean? just through medical advancement. Yes, I suppose you would. I would. Okay. Okay. I, I would... I, not, I wouldn't do it. Okay. And the reason I wouldn't do it is because I think it, life isn't worth living when you don't have your loved ones around you. And then and this is assuming my loved ones didn't have the option to mm. or they chose not to. I think for me, a big part of enjoying life and living life to the fullest and uh, making an impact is being able to do those things and have your loved ones surrounded by you, mm-hmm. you know, or at least around, you know, to witness what you're doing and to also have an impact on your lives. So, you know, I just just sitting here thinking about it, if my parents, my siblings, my close friends, you guys, everybody just disappeared today. As much drive and passion as an ambition as I have, waking up in the morning and knowing that nobody I know exists, Hmm. psychologically, I I can't even fathom what that would do to you. You know, the will to live on, the will to make a difference, the will to accomplish, the will to strive. I can see how that would just get ripped away from your heart. So for those reasons, strap me to the chair, man. <laughs> strap me to the chair. I'm gone. <laughs> I'm gone. Thing for me, there's so much to explore that I would become the explorer if the technical... Logical advances can help us to do that, and I imagine that we'd be able to look to the stars and explore other solar systems and move to horizons that we can't even imagine at this point. Right. I'd love to be a part of that. Yeah. And if it, if it meant that I needed to close my eyes and, and let this body fade in order for me to reach those heights, then, then so be it. And that's why I, I gave the circles open-ended answer it's, it's a matter of perspective of that moment when I decide whether or not it's healthy for my my being to continue in this vessel or to move to another one right right and what was your answer you never gave one uh, I'm going <laughs> to let you off the hook I was, uh, <laughs> and these are very interesting answers I think um, I agree to a, to a great extent to what Gabriel had said and that is because I believe in your lifetime, if it's definite, of course. I mean, if I was given the opportunity to live forever, I wouldn't take it. It okay. just makes no sense to me. Why Why wouldn't you? And that's simply because uh, I think I'll give an example from, I don't remember which class I took it. And one of my professors, he made the argument uh, that actually human beings are greater than gods. Now, he is not very religious, but he okay. made an argument that human beings are greater than gods. Human beings are greater than, than gods. gods. That's so That's a dramatic argument and the reason he did that it's he said this is because gods they have always existed and they always will okay there is that's it i mean if you always exist and if you always will there is no legacy there's nothing you can do that uh, i mean you have I the right to do whatever you want i see 
But when you're a human being, and for example, people uh, before us who came, who were great people, they had a certain amount of time. They did what they did, their bodies left the earth, but their presence is still felt. Right, right. And that's what makes them immortal, is that when you're physically still not there, but you have an impact. Right, right. And the only way you can do that is with death. Right. I think think that's... that. that, uh, That reminds me of the batman superman complex where it's like you know we we appreciate batman more because he can die he is human you know superman he can smash to whatever we we already know nothing's gonna happen to him but every single time Mm -hmm. a batman gets into a fight could be his last fight could be his last judo kick exactly you know what i mean so um I, i i like that that's it reminded me of that dichotomy Exactly. Consider that after this vessel mm-hmm. deteriorates, yeah. okay. our consciousness goes somewhere else. That we do exist for eternity. Is that, are, is that what you believe or is that a th- theory you're floating? Yeah, hmm. yeah for me, it's, uh, it's somewhere along this line because when I think about it, it's, uh, and this is tying into the religion part, right? Any, any modern religion we've known has been around for, what, 10,000 years at best? And that, that's Hinduism. Right. That, that's one of the oldest. I don't know if there's one that's older. Uh, and we know that human beings have been around for hundreds of thousands of years, right? What, where, where is that? You know, for right. me, what, what question? That well, all yeah, according to, well, according to religion, right? See, that's the thing. Human it, beings have only been alive, what, for like 10,000 years? Exactly. Yeah. Whereas according to science, it's a bit different. Right? right now, then again, you know, whatever science we have today, we might laugh at fifty years from now. Right, so that, that's another thing <laughs> on its own. And then you can consider the Bhagavad Gita when you consider what a year is. Exactly. So, I like that. And that's that's the thing is, if that is the case, I mean, something seems iffy to me. You know, right. That... Actually, let me stop you there. What what's your idea about evolution? Uh, I know. I honestly believe that. See, the thing is, human beings, to a certain extent, to me, it never really made a lot of sense. It's because we are, surprisingly, if you haven't noticed, we have one of the few, one, I don't know if, if there's any other creature other than human beings who brings this much um, chaos or does this much damage right. to this world, <laughs> right? And if yeah, you are, we are, we are the de, de facto destroyers. That's for sure. Exactly. And and if we have evolved naturally, is this normal? I mean, we've seen many other creatures evolve, but none right. of them have such a drastic impact on the environment, right? Right. So, are you saying that uh, you don't believe in evolution? Is that what you're saying, or are you saying you do believe in evolution? Uh, for, for me, I honestly believe that I don't have. Uh, nearly enough information to make make a call because right. if everywhere you look there seems to be flaws yeah. right if if you look at the concept of human beings coming from monkeys hey where's where that where's that right. connection it's never there yeah it, right? it, tr- it trips me out man i think there there are even people that actually combine evolution with um theology yeah and say well you know that's part of god's plan you know mm-hmm. so on and so forth um but i i agree with what you're saying i don't when you actually sit down, even though you, you even if you believe in science, when you actually yeah. sit down and think about the idea of evolution, it's just hard to make that connection. Exactly. Um, in addition, 
if evolution is true, then what's the next step in evolution? That is true. You know, is the next step uh, us combining ourselves with technology and machines yeah. and kind of being a hybrid mm-hmm. of both? Um, a lot of scientists say that is the next step in evolution. Yeah. You know, and you can kind of see it now with um, when soldiers get injured and they yeah, come and, mm-hmm. you know, get pr- uh, prosthetic limbs. Mm-hmm. And um, I've been to a lot of technological conferences. Yeah. And uh, we see scientists and medical professionals talk about the next step mm. in, you know, human evolution with being able to read people's minds and exactly. um, tests being done where you can change the TV just by thinking about what channel you want to change it to, you know. So all these things are yep. coming into fruition. Mm-hmm. Um, is that the next step in evolution? I don't know, but it's it's an interesting concept. See, that's that's the thing is uh, about evolution is... Um it gets to me is I see where we are going, right? Because yes, things have evolved through nutrition, through uh, food, whatever the case is, you know, because of environment, our bodies adapt and we change. But the question still that bugs me the most is a person can answer where we are likely to be 20 years from now, but no one can really answer where we came from. Right. right? (laughs) That's the missing link that bothers me is I understand that if, if someone makes the claim that, you know, earlier humans were hairy and all those things and, they walked around with no clothes. Okay, fine. That's fine. I'm willing to listen to your argument. Show me the connection to a monkey. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, that right. that's... Because when it comes to other uh, animals, and of course I could be wrong, but we can make a very strong, distinct connection. Right. For human beings, I think there has always been that missing link. Is it? We are, yes, we are very similar to them, but that does not mean that, you know, we literally came from them. Right. So what is your idea... Have you seen Prometheus? No, no, no. Okay. So I was actually thinking about something along the lines of uh, what Prometheus did, steal fire from the Oh, ah, okay. Time. You're talking about the Greek well, myth- uh, mythology. I, I read a book called... <laughs> okay. Uh, and the movie. Books. Have you se- Wait, real quick. Have you seen the movie, Prometheus? Uh, I perhaps have seen it. Okay. So you, you can't recall right now is what you're saying. I have a vague inkling that I've seen it. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Now in this book... Book cooked by Michael Pollan. Okay, uh, I believe it's it's cooked. Um, they describe how the human mind evolved after we began to eat cooked meat. Yeah, and uh, so there could be you know, one of our ancestors who decided that they were going to maybe by accident exactly. something that had been burned, and molecules had been changed in the food due to the, the change in temperature such mm-hmm. that the mind developed differently and it tasted good and so they continued to do that or they lived in an area where they could continue to eat this burnt food and, and as a result hmm. um, we developed in a much different way than, than other species. Right. Yeah, so the idea of Prometheus is the fact that, or at least the, the plot in the movie yeah. revolves around the fact that we were brought here by other beings. Okay. So when I say brought here it means we're descendants of you know, a higher life form. Okay. Um, that's 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 something that some scientists have actually discussed, you know, like the idea of like aliens and mm-hmm. all that good stuff. What is a little trippy to me is the fact that um, when you look back at a history, mm-hmm. um, hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of years, especially Egyptian history, you can, yeah. some of them have um, flying saucers. Mm. Or spaceships yeah. carved in the caves. So um, 
that's another thing. You know, the inclusion of a different life form or a higher life form. Um, now, our, when we think of aliens, we think of, you know, their faces and we think of, you know, spaceships and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so the fact that even back then there was no information, there was no outside influence, there was no internet to influence how you think. And you see spaceships carved in cave paintings. So, like, how, how do we explain that? That's such a rabbit hole because there's so many documentaries out now that, that supposedly provide evidence to the, mm. the existence of uh, extraterrestrials and, and uh, so many books that have been written, etc. Right. That's, that's a, a very interesting topic. And that's what... Um, see, this is one of the things that also <laughs> bugs me with the religion thing is, you know, because there's, there's that gap... For example, uh, this is I'll go back to this is we know that the Library of Alexandria was destroyed and we lost at least a thousand years of you know scientific advancement in the process. And this is when Julius Caesar um, attacked Egypt. I, I think I don't know if it was Caesar. It could be someone else, but people assume it was him. And prior to that, you know, you have the Sumerian culture, the Egyptians, and you know we have all this talking about aliens, the Anunnaki, and all these things. See what gets to me is that. We as human beings are, if I go according to science, hundreds of thousands of years old, and we have no record beyond that 6,000 or 8,000 mark. So are you, it just makes no sense to me. So if, if for argument's sake, if you're 100,000 years old, we ate raw meat for 98 or 95,000 yeah. years and suddenly started <laughs> cooking meat and all the skyscrapers right. start popping up in 2000 or three. Right. Oh, 2000, like 200 years? Yeah. <laughs> so are, are you saying what, the rest 100,000 years was just living in caves, wearing loincloths and things right, like those? Right. Really? <laughs> do, do we consider ourselves to be that dumb? Well, I'd say by the time that we were utilizing loincloths, hypothetically, yeah. we had already you know, eaten the meat, but then we, we must consider the information that was available to us. Exactly. It helped our mind to, to expand. Mm -hmm. So at one point in time, we may have developed to an extent where we did wear loin cloths. Yep. And then after that, we put on some fancier clothes and started <laughs> building better homes. But why did we start building better homes? Because there was one person, mm -hmm. or maybe several at the same time, mm -hmm. who decided to build a home a certain way or you know, developed a fashion that people actually subscribe to. Yep. Um, we think now about certain technologies like uh, the smartphone. Yeah. Uh, one company comes up with the model and then suddenly it's copied. So, yeah, that is true. it's more advanced and advanced. But it wasn't yeah. until that first cell phone was created by one individual or some individuals working together and we that see it actually the, occurred. Yeah, and we see the rapid growth of that particular... Uh, or ex well, We see that knowledge expand. Right, so why are we so advanced at this moment in time? Well, we have taken the summation of all of those advancements before us and added on to them exponentially exactly. in every direction. And when I say every direction, I mean every facet of our technology, whether it be uh, building houses or um, smartphones, we've been able to build off of the original model. Right. See, that's the thing. And see, that is true. But what, what, what I ask myself is, let's just say for argument's sake, all these things have happened the last 200, 100 years. I mean, the industrial revolution and all these things. Yet, then, when you were going back to Egypt, right, even if we don't even look at aliens or something, some of the sculptures you find in Egypt just makes no sense. How did human beings construct those, right? right? 
the obelisks or uh, even the Great Pyramid is a matter right. of debate. Uh, people saying that you know you carved that thing out of bronze saws. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't think that's logical. <laughs> but hey, then again, I'm yeah. no scientist, right? So, what I honestly think is, of course, we did make advancements and. Perhaps it was isolated to a particular nation or perhaps it was, I don't know if nations existed at that point or a particular civilization. It got destroyed and, you know, things happen. And we, every once in a while, we just hit a reset button. And it sent us back to the Stone Age. Right. And it was perhaps like that tribe in Amazon that survived. And all the modern civilization at that point just wiped out somehow. Right, right. Could have been a disease, could have been... uh, a meteor strike could have been a tsunami I don't know yeah <laughs> because if we have because even by the thought of like when I entertained this thought the idea of randomness right something happened over the last 200 years that dramatically changed everything right and nothing happened for 90 something thousand years right right I mean right. literally no advancement at all well I like the concept that you have of the reset button yeah. So let's say a natural disaster occurs, and at that point in time, the technology as we know it is gone. Mm-hmm. We'll think about what would happen if all the electricity were gone from this world, and there was not the tools to replicate it. That they simply weren't available to us in theory for another hundred years or so. We would be living essentially in the Stone Age. Once the resources had become mm-hmm. available again, and that then is you true. would be able to make those leaps and advancements. But until that point in time, yeah, you know where I'm going with this. I do, I, I do, and, and I understand. Well, what do you're you saying. think it's it's more about like resources? I like what, I like what both of you said, but also what he said earlier about you know the way we just. Um, cavemen for all these hundreds of thousands of years and then yeah. all of a sudden we just oh yeah we're going to build skyscrapers now we're smart enough but I see what you're saying um, because you're making a point that the resources just weren't there or the resource just wasn't there you know um, it's an interesting it's an interesting uh, conversation it is and I, I honestly think is I, I really and one of the reasons you know that actually does get me tempted to say that I want to live forever. Yeah, <laughs> is, is I really just want kinda, to, to kind of see exactly. Yeah, to like, see the graph because we are we are learning so many things right now, right? right. For example, uh, like regardless of whatever is happening in the Middle East, I'm just talking on um, archaeological perspective here. You have so many ancient structures in Jordan, in Iraq, in Egypt, right, the, right. the Sumerian architecture and whatnot. The city of Petra, for argument's sake, people say it's, uh, I don't know how many thousand, of uh, six, seven, could be more, I don't know. And when you see the architecture, and people said 6,000 years was a Stone Age, how do you build things like those in the Stone Age? Right. And even, I mean, the Sphinx, right? How do you build a thing out of bronze saws? How do you build the pyramids out of bronze saws? I, I don't know. I... And the question is, if we were to consider that many um, years back, did Egypt really have the population, the resources to build one of the largest structures in the world, in the world. and that still survives today? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's an interesting topic. So many, So many things we don't so know. It sounds like we're back on the Hey, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. I'm just saying reset button. I'm just saying, you know. Oh, yes. 
perhaps yeah. we just got lucky. I mean, this generation, I, I honestly think we just got lucky and that we are just over, we could be overdue for a great cataclysm or something. Right. That's another thing that still kind of freaks me out is the idea that we, you know, you're talking about a cataclysm. We live in space. It always freaks me out. It's so easy to forget mm-hmm. that. You know, um, you're, you wake up every day, you look up in the sky, but you see clouds. Maybe once in a while you see the moon still shining, but mm-hmm. um, it, 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 it catches me when, uh, usually when I'm traveling yeah. overseas and I'm not being drowned out by city lights. Yeah. And I look up in the sky and I just see stars and Milky Way, Milky, the Milky Way and all that good stuff. And I realize I'm in space right now. It's a good a, way to meditate. Yeah. You know, like when you actually just sit down and think about it, it's like we're, we're in space mm-hmm. right now. And it's not something that we actually realize or even think about. Yeah. Often, you know, technically we're aliens, you know, to, to a, another alien life form out there. We're aliens. Neil deGrasse mm-hmm. Tyson, you know, we are the stuff of stars. Yeah, I yeah. Just want to rewind for a moment. Yeah. So that reset we talked about. What if we keep developing and, and you know, evolution just pushing us that way? And when I you know, say that way, I mean towards progression where we become more advanced. Yet, in the past, we've always reached a point where there's a short circuit. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean by that? Like, um, you know, something just wiped the slate clean because the way that our mind developed, suddenly it lights out and you, you start anew and so the mind becomes wiped and then, you know, you have to take years and years and years and, you know, I guess millennia to be able to uh, develop that brain power to to do it all over again right hmm. so back that's to interesting space. no it's interesting it's, well, it's it interesting everyone needs to get out to to see the stars sometime in their life I know there's some individuals who don't travel but to, to actually go to places in the world where mm-hmm. uh, I forget what how they designate um, other than the numbers they say like one and two you know and Hardly any places in the world are like a one and a two where you can see the stars um, to such a degree. Yeah, I, and I don't really know what they're called. The dark zones or something? The dark zones, I think. I think there's one what, nearby. What was yeah. it? The, the, the Borrego <laughs> Springs? The down the street. Yeah. <laughs> so we have to do that yeah. too. I think those are very rare. No, they, they are. Yeah. They Everyone are. has to experience yeah. that because looking up into the night sky is mind-blowing. Yeah. It is. You know what I really want to experience as well is uh, I forgot what the phenomena is in Alaska. Okay. The green... The Northern Lights. The Northern, the Northern Lights. Lights. Yeah, the Aurora yeah, Borealis. Yeah. What is it called? Uh, there's the Borealis and there's the other one I forgot. Was it the Aurora? Yeah, the no. Aurora, right? The green no, lights. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think Like, so. I would really, really want to experience that. And also, I know in Alaska... The Borealis, I think. Yeah, something like Borealis. that. I'm sure whoever's watching can figure it out. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey... Comments um, below. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, comment below. I'm sure you guys know what it is. Um, and then, the, you know, when it, uh, I think it's, is it wintertime over there? When it gets dark in the morning and then it's bright at night. That's so. And there are times when uh, it's never dark. For certain days, it's just daylight. Certain periods. Yeah, yeah. Told. That's so freaky to me. Can you imagine waking up at two in the morning and it's like the sun's out? Yeah. <laughs> like, what planet am I on? <laughs> so there's yeah there's a lot of cool things to experience man like you guys were saying earlier gosh one thing that I really consider in those 
people to call them time zones or um, areas of this planet is how they've developed and, and how they've created culture around what resources that are available to them. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. That is true. Absolutely. So we're living this life in, in sunny San Diego, California, and there's so much progress happening here in the United States and, and here because we're able to go outdoors almost 365 days, days a year, year. Yeah. right? And there are other areas where that's simply not possible. Right. You know what? I like you just said that because that's another thing that um, I've met people that they don't really know how to address this situation. And the situation is the idea that they are born somewhere, right? Or their family and friends are somewhere and they feel like they need to stay in that area. You know, um, I remember growing up in D.C. Um, if not because of my brother, I probably wouldn't be here right now. Um, he moved here uh, when I was younger and I would come here and visit him, you know, when I was out of school. And just flying back and forth and traveling kind of opened my eyes to the fact that, you know what, I didn't need to be in D.C. just because my family was there or because my job was there or because my girlfriend was there. You know, um, a lot of people don't realize that just making a simple change, such as uh, putting yourself around a new group of friends or moving or traveling or even getting a new job can literally change your whole life. Even a new mindset. Can literally change your whole life, you know. Um, so I think there's a lot of power in that, um, and I'm sure you can speak to that as well because you've you've traveled a bit and you know your family's is from a different place. So I know for me that that definitely had a huge difference in on who I am today. Just uprooting myself from that situation and you know moving somewhere else. Um, at the same time, I realized that for a lot of us, fear or the fear of change. That's that is a a detriment to so many people. Of course, yeah. you know the idea that um, you're going to take yourself out of your comfort zone and put yourself in a situation where you not you don't really recognize you don't feel safe. It could be a job, it could be leaving a bad relationship, it could be moving, right? It could be traveling. Um, so many things, um, or I guess so many of our so much of our pain in life is caused by the fear of change. And that's something I've realized and a lot of people don't really um, address. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I honestly think, you know, that if you're not changing certain things, you, you cannot grow. Because if you are just going as things go, argument's sake, if someone is born and raised in a developing nation and they just say that, you know, I, I want to stay here because my family has stayed here and everyone right. has stayed here. Okay, if you're satisfied mentally doing so, then by all means do so. Yeah. <laughs> because it's, it's a personal choice, right? Teach his own, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I'm not going to tell someone that, hey, you should grow, you should get a better life. If you do not want a better life, hey, stay where you are. Right. Because I think I personally have seen that people are different because, you know, we have our own minds and we have our own thoughts. Some people want to grow. Some people want the change. Some people want challenge. And for some people, good enough is actually good enough. I think what we want to stress here is yeah. that that change mm -hmm. is going to result in something great. That is life. true. So yeah. if you step out of your comfort zone mm -hmm. and move to a different place, travel, whatever, there's going to be a moment where you become a new person. 
so don't have any fear of, of leaving the place you're already at because you think that what is at the other end of the, of the rainbow is not going to be filling. It will be, absolutely. See, that, that, is, that is very true. And I, I agree with you because I subscribe to that mindset is that you need to change some things and whatever you have right now, you can always get something better. If you're willing to put in the effort, if you're pulling, willing to put in the time, you can always get better and you can always grow. But then again, when we look at the society, how many people actually want to do that? And that's why the people who actually do want to grow, they're so highly sought after Right, right. in a world like this. I've had friends um, who wants to stay in the U.S. And regardless, you know, this place has its goods and its bads. If you want to do business, a capitalist nation such as the U.S. is likely beneficial to you. And then again, there are some people who just say, hey, I just want to go back home. I have a safe job. I have right. my family. I have my wife and my kids. And I said, no, you could have so much more. It's California. Come on, man. You're in the yeah. U.S. You can do so much better. <laughs> and we're not saying yeah. leave what is you know, your, your circle of loved ones, etc. Of course. We need to find certain habits. We need to find certain people that we mm -hmm. want to share the rest of our lives with, that we want to continue to habituate in order to move forwards, but to do something new in your life every day. Yeah. In addition to those habits, in addition to sharing life with your loved ones, are going to prove fruitful. It, it is. And the thing is, and this is actually the best thing, and at the same time a sad thing, is that you have to do something new to a certain extent to get better results. Because if you keep doing the same things, you're not going to get any different results. It's unlikely. Mm. Um, However, for many people, I personally do not agree with that. I honestly believe that, you know, you should always seek improvement. And if you're not a better human being by some means, uh, tomorrow compared to what you are today, you're, you're not really fulfilling what your, your true potential. It, it doesn't have to be, you know, you have to become someone amazing tomorrow, but right. just be better than what you are today. Uh, wake up a better human being. Wake up a smarter human being. Wake up something more than what you are today. Breaking the habit of being yourself is a wonderful book by Dr. Joe Dispenza. Yeah. And I don't believe this is in his example in the book, but he may have spoken about it on, on a YouTube video, where something as simple as signing your name, mm -hmm. you think that's, I see, that's I something see. you don't need to change, right? Right, mm -hmm. right. But if you actually were to aggressively go after how you change your name and you do it differently than you always do, yeah. you could actually save time on how quickly you save it. Sign your name. Of course. And that adds, you know, second seconds to your life. How many times do you sign your, your name? Your right. Name? See, see, that's, that's, see uh, that's a very interesting thing that you mentioned is because the video that you mentioned, right? Or if we take a look at any kind of videos that are um, self-help or personal improvement based, right? You compare that video, the likes or the views of that video to someone, I don't know, doing something completely random, which people consider hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> 100,000 views versus 50 million views or something along the lines, right? Then again, people are draw getting uh, enjoyment out of doing that. For me, I just honestly think of that as to a certain extent, it's a waste of time. Right. But then again, the question is, um, if 50 million people are enjoying that and 100,000 is enjoying this, we are in the minority, to a certain extent, if you are in the minority, if you value self-improvement, because the sad thing is in this world, and I honestly think it is a very sad thing, is that people are happy with just getting by. But the thing we, is, yeah, you mentioned you were in, were in the minority. I think that 
that's a good thing because it is. a lot of successful people are, are in the minority. That's that's why the one person exists for a reason. Right? Exactly. It you know, really mind, sorry, no, go ahead. It was really mind-blowing to me along the lines of what you just said, how there are some individuals, and what you said as well, Saki, who are satisfied with the mundane life of mm -hmm. doing this and that. And I first realized that when I was in an internship class and we created vision boards. Mm -hmm. I presented somewhere towards the end, and I recall everyone going up and saying that you know, they wanted this life for themselves. And then I, I went and, and showed my board, and I had helicopters and, and hotels, and I you know, wanted to build hotels and travel in exotic places, etc. And then the people would go after me, and they would continue with the same, you know, I'm a simple man, I, this is what I like, I don't need much to get by. And it was incredible because I was the only one who was striving for anything um, extraordinary. Hmm. Yeah, it's 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 not the norm. Like my uh, brother likes to say, um, it's less competition. You know, it's less competition out there. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's it's there are little things that separate people or successful people from from unsuccessful people. Of course. And it's it's a thin line, you know, with anything in life. It's it's just a thin line. It's just, you know, maybe waking up that extra hour or staying up that extra hour, you know, going the extra mile, just reading that reading that book when you don't really feel like it. Or of course. after a long day, you're tired, you're beat up, still going to the gym and working out. You know, it's it's just the little things in life that uh make a big difference, you know. Yeah, because I, I honestly what I believe is that success it's it's obsession. It's discipline. And the problem that most people see with those two things is that both of them are painful. Right. If, if you're obsessed about something, <laughs> they believe that, I mean, how many people have we met or have we know that for them the weekend is all about partying and right. all these things? And I'm like, okay, if, if you're happy with that, five days you work, two days you blow all your money and do whatever you want, okay, good on you. But then again, you see people who are just not happy. You have people who are putting in 18-hour workdays. You have people who are putting in 15-hour workdays. These are extremes. And when you say extreme, they give up a big part of their life, right? They, they're not going out as much. Some people can even make the argument that they're not um, enjoying their life as much. Right. And to a certain extent, it may be true. Because you it are committed. Be, hmm? It may be true. I just exactly. want to say sometimes, Michael and I, we doing business yeah very long into the night and after uh, a convention or something like this and it's fun and it is it's not about working hard it's about working smart it is so and please continue yeah the reason is because that's the thing is for for other people who believe that they're okay with the thing it is what successful people are doing it's painful but for successful people that's where the joy comes from right right pushing yourself beyond that point uh, going to it can be going to the gym can be going or can be making a business deal can be anything if it's going to the gym it's maybe getting that one last rep in for most people why would you kill yourself over right. that rep and <laughs> for other people hey because I did better than I did yesterday right. it's as simple as that for someone who's um, working on let's just say a project till late at night is like dude just go to sleep a C effort is okay for someone else, I've gotten C's all my life. I just want an A. Right. You know, I, I am right. better than this. 
So the question, and the thing is, most people do not want that. And that's why you see the successful. Wait, wait, wait. Let me yeah. stop you there. They don't want that or they're not willing to put in the sacrifice? See, most, I would well, say. They don't feel the sacrifice is beneficial to them. Exactly. I wonder whether we don't develop a certain reward system within our psyche that allows us to keep going. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I tend to think that I think. I think for the most part, I think people are just not willing to put in the work because I, yeah. and the reason I say that is because I had the opposite mm-hmm. um, tr- way of thinking before, which is with all the things I've already accomplished, I always felt like, well, anybody could do this. It was never a big deal to me. Yeah. Other sources, my friends, my family, strangers always told, reminded me this, what you've accomplished is fucking phenomenal, Right. But deep down, I never really believed that. I just always felt like anybody can do this. And I still feel the same way to an extent. But something hit me a few months ago. And I was working on something uh, real estate related. And I was up till 3 in the morning. My brother had went, gone to sleep and woken up and came. He just stumbled out of his room. And he was like, I, I went to sleep. You were still here. And I just woke up. It's 3 in the morning. You're still here. And that's when it hit me. And what hit me was the fact that this isn't normal. You know, this is an average. The average person isn't up all night working on their vision. Keep in mind, this was 3 a.m. I had to be up for work at 6 a.m. So pretty much I knew I wasn't going to get any sleep. So at that point, that's when it hit me, you know, kind of like when, uh, remember when, <laughs> remember, I'm not sure if you guys saw the first Batman, uh, sorry, the first Spider-Man, but it's kind of like a, in a movie where, um, the hero first gets his powers. Okay. Like, it just hit me. Like, wow, I this is th- what I represent. What I'm doing is not average, you know. And that's when I realized, well, it's not for everybody. There's something I really enjoy about doing just that. If I am about to do something that's, that's mundane, mm-hmm. I consciously do something different that helps for my, my growth. It's a feeling of, I'm doing this when everyone else isn't. Of course. And and see, that's the thing is many people, which, and that's why, you know, successful is usually the one to the 5%. One being the extremely successful, 5% being the relatively successful. Is I remember doing something, and this was uh, when I was quite young, is I was around the age of 11. I told a friend that I would meet him in front of his house around 4 p.m. Now... He forgot completely that he was supposed to meet me. I went there. Uh, I remember. Um, I went there at 4 p.m. He wasn't there. Waited till 4.30. He wasn't there. Waited till 5. He wasn't there. Um, it was around 5, 5 or 5.10, something around that time. And I was like, you know what? The guy hasn't showed up in about right. one hour. I should just leave. I was about to take that first step. And then something hit me. Is I gave my word. At this point, it has nothing to do with him. Well, let, me, let me stop you there. Yeah. In my opinion, it does, right? So See, it's... it's Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, if you give your word to someone mm-hmm. and it's not being reciprocated, mm-hmm. I think there has to be a break at that point. Just kind of... Of course. It, it could be... We can use... It doesn't have to be a word. It could be a relationship or a of contract, course. right? Of course. You sign a contract, mm-hmm. right? Let's We both sign a contract, right? Exactly. The contract says, you're going to meet me here at 4 p.m. Exactly. 
and uh, it could be whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, if I get there at 4 p.m. Yeah. And you're not there, mm-hmm. the contract has disappeared at that point. That is true. And that is that is very true. And I agree with you. And right now, I do agree with you completely. But this is me going back when I was 11, right? Right. And it's not that... And I'm sure, you know, being that I, I wasn't that strict business-like, you know, that, hey, let's meet at this point and this is it. And I'm sure for kids, many kids at that time, the idea of time itself is it's irrelevant to a certain extent. So I remember taking the first step is um and after that day i never waited for him again in my entire life though yeah (laughs) you learned your lesson (laughs) i I did and the thing is five i remember just saying the word i gave my word right five ten five thirty six seven eight nine he showed up at 11 p.m at night just all i ask is please don't tell me you were still there i was still there wow i was still there and he's like dude are you stupid he's like no I gave my word. You forgot. Right. It's as simple as that. I've learned my lesson. I don't trust you. Right. Goodbye. It's as simple <laughs> as that. Yeah. And he got upset. I was like, listen, bro, you know, if you if you want to talk and if you want to do anything, he's like, hey, bro, it wasn't a written contract. And I told him, listen, I understand it wasn't a written con- contract, but we are human beings. My right, word right. is just as valuable as mm. my written, whatever the thing is. Now, I realized something that yeah, people say it was stupid. People say I did not need to do it. But then again, would I do it right now? I wouldn't trust someone that easily. Right. That's what I wouldn't do. I wouldn't just give someone my word, hey, this is the case, unless I make sure that they can hold up their end. Right, right. But I made that commitment that, hey, I'm going to meet you. And I told them, it's okay. I'm going to meet you. I'll wait. And I waited six hours. And that six hours, I remember coming back home, and this has something to do with my mom. I told my mom, and she's like, you know, why are you out so late? I told her mom this was the case. She's like, what you did was stupid, but I'm proud of you. You didn't break your word. Right. So the thing is, most people wouldn't do that because that's painful. Standing there. Yeah. Do no. I, I mean, I, this is Bangladesh. <laughs> we're talking about no, no, nothing. So be grateful that you have yeah. technology now. Right. I, I am. I yeah. am. But see, that's the thing is, most people aren't willing to put in the time or put in the effort to follow through on their commitment because it's painful because yes was that five hours painful sure i mean my feet hurt great yeah. I mean, <laughs> but right now looking back at it what 14 years after that thing has passed i can still look at myself and say hey i did that and right. call it stupid call it whatever you want i didn't break my word the days are full of things like that i can point to one myself where even being here was a matter of wrapping up dinner quickly um, saying goodbye to my girlfriend who's been gone all day mm-hmm. but in the end she's going to be proud of me of course and, and yes I'll be tired but it doesn't matter because I know what we're doing here right it's important these conversations of course great conversations that have been happening for millennia you know we right. can continue and have as often as possible that's why I'm here I like that I like that. Individuals like you, individuals like me, and like Michael who keep our word. Of course. I, like I, I mean, it's... Are going to be successful. Yeah, it, it, and, it, and it's the defining characteristics of a human being. If you can think and you have the ability to actually give someone your word and you take it back without letting them know or without coming into a agreement with them, 
you're just lowering yourself as a human being. Right. Where's your ability to think? If you well, think, yeah. Unfortunately, I don't think people think that deeply into it. <laughs> That's the thing. People and cancel all the time. They people do. break their wood all the time. It's they just do. It's just the norm. You know, it's like, oh, we're supposed to hang out today. Oh, you know what? Sorry, my dog, you know, hurt its... its pinky toe <laughs> and, and you see that's, that's the difference between people who are amazing achievers and people who don't achieve anything a, a very small example but a very significant one would be alexander the great right the man is, was a lot of things but he believed that he was the son of zeus now if you're a human being and you believe you're the son of zeus now the power of belief system and his faith in himself i'm the son of zeus <laughs> sure Kudos to him <laughs> say whatever you want hey call him Anyone would say, you know what, you're crazy, thinking you're the son of Zeus. Then again, you're talking about a man who conquered half the world before he was even 30-something years old. I mean, that's the kind of commitment. The man said, you know, he would take over Persia from a very young age. He did. Right? What does that mean, believe in yourself? Not just believing. It's like setting standards for yourself and following through regardless of the cost. I said it. And I will do it. Why? Right, because right. I said it to myself. It's not that I fail someone else. I fail myself. If I say I'll be there at 7 p.m., I'll be there at 6.55. And I have that five-minute cushion. Right, right. Because right, regardless right. of what happened, I don't I care. I will I'll be there at 7. <laughs> yeah, you know, 6.55. 6.55. You need to take that cushion. I'll be there at 7.10. Or... Well, here's the thing. When I say I'm going to be somewhere, I'll say it around Right. See, that's sure the thing. That I have that cushion. Exactly. If I say I'm going to be somewhere at a specific time, I'm there. Exactly. So I do like to give myself that cushion for whatever reason. See, I think, okay. yeah, I appreciate that. You know, even when I was texting you, and even when I texted you today, I told you that I'm likely to be there at this time. Right. However, I'll confirm around this time. And even when I got in the car, I said, you know, the same thing you told me the last time we met, is the GPS says this. I'm not saying right. that I will be there at this. The GPS says this, so I'm likely to get there at this. Right, right, right. Because if I said that, uh, although I do not recommend it, I would be here at 550, <laughs> break the speed limits, but yeah. I, I, I gave my yeah. words. Not yeah. recommended, right? It's yeah. unsafe. So I'll you know just, what's, It's yeah. funny, real quick. Uh, speaking of keeping your word in, in life lessons, you told me the story about when you were a kid and you saw the homeless girl in the street. I think that was really powerful. Yeah. Um, can you... Talk about that and also touch on how that impacted you. Sure. Uh, the thing about the homeless girl is... Uh, in start from the beginning for people that haven't okay. heard that before, yeah, obviously. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, May I just say something quickly? So, of course. Um, as you know, I studied communication. And one thing that we read identified these children who didn't like to be called homeless. <laughs> because homeless where they make it, they would say. Right. So that is they true. wanted to be called houseless. Okay. Hmm. Well, I've never, and I like that, but yeah. I work, as you know, I work with, uh, <laughs> I actually work with homeless kids. Yeah. And um, they identify themselves. I mean, there's no really other, there's no other term that people use. For, you know, actually, we had a conversation about that. And the first thing I thought to myself, I've never heard somebody okay. call themselves houseless. Mm. Um, but it's, it's, it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting conversation to have um, about being houseless. I think that the kids that I work with, I think they'd actually disagree with you. And the reason for that is because of what the, their idea... Well, they disagree with, with this other group of, of children who wanted to be called houseless. So 
I understand there are different contexts here and there are different cultures, if you will. Okay. Well, that's understandable. Um, so are you saying that uh, based on what you saw? Uh, based on what I read. Based on what you read. That, it was a that, social study. Okay, so based on what you read, it was a social study that said homeless kids do not want to be called homeless? It was these specific children. I believe they were in Philadelphia, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, so it wasn't a generalization right. that all homeless it kids don't... possibly be okay. speaking for the entire globe. Okay, okay. Just be, I was just going to say because... Of there's no way they they'd uh, they'd consider themselves homeless only because the idea of having a home they have nothing like it. Mm. You know, for them a home means having a loving place to go to, right? That's the difference. Ha- having these specific children, they had a loving place to go to. Yeah, no. but but they they didn't have houses. But in the context of, of their community. They loved each other. They they felt that they were brother and sister. You know? Okay. Yeah. So we're talking about two different things then, if that's the case. Because, um, yeah, the kids that I work with, they there's, there's no they're they're homeless. There's no home. There's no love. Um, they've been abused mentally, physically, sexually. They've they've been through a lot in their lives. So I actually think that if somebody said you know you're not homeless, you're houseless, they'd probably be offended because. Everything that we consider a home, they do not have. That's an interesting question to ask children. Do you feel houseless or do you feel homeless you know, when they are in that position? Right. And then right. you can really understand their psychological state at that point. Right. Even, even when you even think of, of the idea of a relationship, you know, the, the idea that, you know, a woman makes a house a home. You know, you've I've all heard that term before, and um, it's true. It's like, what do you correlate with a woman as a man? You correlate love, care, um, and so many other positive things. What I dislike about that is when we look at a man and say, well, he's not that. I think as a man, we should try to be more like that. We should try to be more of the home. But not to interrupt your point. Right. No, it's fine. Um, so... <laughs> back okay. To, back to you. Um, I'm probably going to cut that out because the utensils in the back. But um, I really like the the story you told me mm-hmm. about when you were a kid. I really okay. think that's really powerful. So can you touch on that and how it shifted your perception at that young of an age? Sure. Um, I was around the age of 13, 14, yeah, somewhere around that time. I'm quite sure 13, 14, 12, I don't know. Well, <laughs> I have to count. Yeah. But yeah, at that age, I got my first motorcycle. Now, coming from a, Bangla- a country like Bangladesh, where at that point, right now it's different, of course, the, let's just say traffic laws weren't enforced that strictly. Yeah. So you could get away with driving a motorcycle or whatever, and you're that young. So I got my motorcycle. It was a fairly nice motorcycle from that point. Um, it's, let's just say it's something that you know most people could not afford at that okay. point and I was lucky enough to get it because of my parents so there was a time I was driving by it happened uh, right I was close to my home I would say roughly about 15 minutes drive away Okay. I was uh, driving by and I heard and I saw this little kid I stopped and she was trying to sell stickers on the street uh, 
a very common thing in developing nations. People, the children, uh, especially who live on the street, they do whatever they can to earn money. So she was doing um, that. She was selling stickers. And she came up to me asking that, hey, literally because of the cultural context, she, she addressed me as big brother and said, do you want to buy some stickers for your girlfriend? And I said, well, I don't have any girlfriend. He's like, do you want to buy some for your sister or your mom? And I said, no, I don't think <laughs> they would like that. Regardless, um, I was talking and just, it's a little kid. She's beautiful. I think she's around the age of three or four. And whatever the case is, if I mean, I, I don't know. if it, You have to be a special kind of human being to ignore a four-year-old kid. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if, you have to be. That's my opinion. Either way, uh, she was coming and talking. I suddenly hear this, um, her stomach growl. And I asked her, like, you know, have you eaten? She's like, no. So I had enough um, cash in my pocket at that time, which in the context of Bangladesh would have bought her a lot of food. At least for the next one, two weeks, whatever, she would, she can eat very happily. Or right, right. Not happy, happily, but she would have more than enough. She had enough she, to eat. She, had more, she right. would have more than enough to eat. That's what I gave her. And what happened was uh, her stomach kept growling. And I asked her, I was like, aren't you going to eat? Aren't you going to buy the food? Because I remember right next to where we were standing, there was a, I don't know what's it called, a food cart. Okay. Yeah, a food cart. So they were selling some fried chickens or things like that of sort. And I asked her, I was like, do you want that? And she's like, well, I am not going to eat now. And I asked her, why not? She said, I'm going to eat when my mom gets home. And I'm going to mm. eat with her. And she's out working as well. And I felt bad uh, for that one. So I bought her some food at that point and she ate. And you know what? It's uh, it's it's amazing. I, I honestly think it's amazing. You have no idea how beautiful the smile is on a kid uh, who's hungry. Right, and, you, right. know, you can do something to change that <laughs> for them. Regardless, you know, I, I felt good that, you know, that hey, at least I could do something for this kid. Nothing significant, though. Came back home, went into my uh, bathroom to freshen up. And suddenly I felt this strong emotion take over and I looked at the mirror and I realized I was crying and I felt really, really bad. And what kept on hitting me at that point was this, this little girl, this baby girl, mm. she's this young and perhaps, I mean, science or whatever, by anything you want to say, that she may not have ha had the mental development at that point to understand the logic of hard work or whatever the thing is or she should wait for her mom or even a moral standard that high. Right, right. Right? Regardless of that fact, it hit me that this girl was willing to work at the age of maybe three, four. I didn't even ask her age, mm. but she looked like that. She could have been older. Right. Given the fact that, you know, she was malnourished. So it could be that she was five, six, whatever the case was. She could just work with a hungry stomach at that age and while having the money not given to the temptation of buying food and still hold out for her mom right right and if she could do that at that age and i looked at myself as like what's what's wrong with you mm. i mean clearly you live in this country and you're privileged enough to have this thing at the age of 14 to not suffer from hunger to not have any of those difficulties i mean what's stopping you from doing something Right? That's amazing. And that's something I think that 
it's uh, it's very powerful to me it was and for many people they say you know it, it could have been that you know she could have just been afraid of her mom right, I, right. I mean, <laughs> makes perfect sense right yeah. it's a it's a it's a developing nation you don't have the child protection services and things like those she could have just been afraid of her mom beating her or something I right, mean, you know, right regardless of the fact that whatever the case may be i still choose to believe that she did it because she was well-intentioned now that's beautiful See, that's beautiful. the thing. And if, if that is the case, it changed my mindset. It's like, if everyone, if I was like everyone else that day and just ignored her on the street, that kid would have gone hungry for I don't know how many hours. I don't know right, if her mom right. would have been actually, if she's on the street, chances are her mom is not making it good as well. I don't know if that kid would have eaten something that night. Right. And me giving this much money or whatever the thing is it it mattered mattered little to nothing to me because that's just money on my part that i could have given the kid of course however the lesson that she gave me i carry with me till today is that above anything else and this is what goes back to that religion is a human being is a human being and a human being is above all the moment you put the value of something uh, uh, out supernatural or even you know like God anything you should have your belief systems but that should not stop you from serving other human beings right it's such a beautiful thing that you just said in the concept that we're not to impose our views upon another mm-hmm. where you you spoke of your mother who, who told you that you are a human being and you can choose for yourself what you believe or if we think about this child that they have to be schooled in how they should act well we really can let them be themselves and they'll do something which is going to fulfill you know their their destiny if you will uh, to give you inspiration to to give other people a better life um, if we consider any child we must consider that we must give them the opportunity to be themselves of course without having to you know, have a, a guiding hand to say that we're the ones who are right. We, we really don't know what's right for anyone. They, they know what's right for themselves. Exactly. Absolutely. I mean, the borders are on what's right and what's wrong, at least what's morally right and what's wrong, are very thin, right? I mean, I can say certain things that, okay, as a human being, I know I should, I should not interrupt your freedom or liberty to just to express mine. You know, I, I have the freedom to punch someone else doesn't mean that they have the freedom to get punched, right? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's not the yeah. same. I mean, it's... Yes, there are limitations in our beliefs. However, it should never reach to a point where we deliver judgment upon the freedom of someone else. We should do what we do. Uh, we should do what we can to help other people. And if they choose to make whatever decision they choose to make, as long as it's good intention and has good output right because sometimes good intentions does not have the best output no no that's true (laughs) sadly many of these people who are very religious and you know and doing many things they are good intentions but the result is extremely bad yeah (laughs) so as long as that doesn't happen as long as we don't deliver judgment we help each other we respect each other's views there's nothing wrong with that right remember this the case study where these children Want, not want to be called homeless, they would go to the local uh, courthouse or town meetings 
and the adults there would presume to know what was best for them. And they felt that they couldn't get a word out in these town meetings to tell everyone what they needed in order to be successful in life, in order to get off the streets, to have their homes. And, and as I said, the adults kept imposing their views on the children, thinking that they knew best for the children. And it caused nothing but um, butting heads, which made it so that these children disliked society or the society in which they lived even more. Mm -hmm. They became more outcasts and, and couldn't develop a relationship with the community that an accepting adult uh, parent figure would enable for them to let them be themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, on that note, we're going to wrap up this first episode. Gabriel, Saqib, thank you for an amazing, amazing, amazing conversation. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Michael. Uh, Thank you. Gabriel. You both don't have social media accounts right now that you can follow, but I will make sure that by the end of the night they both do, so you can follow them. I'll, I'll be sharing that on, on future episodes. Uh, you can find me on Michael Skywalker on Instagram. Michael M I C H A E L dot Skywalker on Instagram. And until next time, peace. <sighs> Good job, man. That was fucking great. Oh, that was good. That was great. That was, that was good. Great. That was good, bro. Looking forward to doing a lot more.